Welcome back to another episode of Country and Cold Cans. I am Logan, sitting here with Kyle and Trucker Andy. Trucker Andy by way of Missouri. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Stitcher. Be sure to click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. Check out the website, countryandcoldcans.com, for blog content and shop. Um, and you know what to do. There's a description here in the podcast where it says, click here to leave us a voicemail. Go there, click the link, click record, tell us what you want to say, any questions you may have, and then click send, and we will resp- respond to it here on the air. All right, fellas, we have another. I feel like we've been doing a lot of album reviews lately. I think this is like our fifth or sixth straight one. Um, but there's been a lot of music coming out. Um, the, you know, we always talk about in terms of popularity and commercial success, there's undeniably two people within the mainstream country world that are by far the biggest artists. <laughs> that is Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs. Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen both have probably had the biggest jump of anyone's in terms of like selling tickets, getting radio hits and just um, relative to their peers, selling albums and streaming numbers uh, that that we've seen since Garth Brooks in the early nineties. Luke Combs is, you know, it's interesting to me with Luke Combs. So first he's the reigning CMA entertainer of the year. Right. And this was his quote last year when he won it. He goes, this is my fifth or sixth year being at this award show. And country sounded more country than it has in a long, long time. And I think we all wanted that. I think he's right. I think that country's mm-hmm. kind of, he's pulled country in a more rootsy direction. And before we kind of get into his new record, that's the second half of the double album that he had kind of announced. Uh, this one's called 18 tracks called Growing Old. <clears throat> I just want to get y'all's thoughts on this. I don't understand the hate from people in independent country that Luke Combs gets because Luke Combs is pretty much. Yeah. I get that. Maybe they want to say that his music is too safe. And that maybe is a fair criticism. If they're like, you want something a little bit more like kind of get more meat on the bone, but Luke Combs is not the problem. The, the, the constant thing I keep seeing on Twitter is Luke Combs. Oh yeah. You want another song about beer? Like, I can tell you haven't listened to a Luke Combs album in a long time. If you think the only thing he sings about is beer. I like Luke. I think that he's perfectly fine. Middle of the road, mainstream country that has pulled the the genre on the radio as a whole in towards a country direction. I think that's a good thing. And I don't understand the hate the man gets from people in independent circles. Um, I mean, internet's not a very happy place. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> I think, um, so I have two thoughts on this. One, he has never made a song similar to a U-Proof or even some of the more shaking my head moments of a Morgan Wallen. He may have some samey songs, which that's fine, everyone does. Um, But if you ask my honest opinion, he has changed country music more than anyone in the past 10 years. He has almost single-handedly pulled us back from the brink of Florida Georgia Line and Thomas Rhett, bad Thomas Rhett, not good Thomas Rhett, into what I think more traditional country music and country radio should sound like. That's why when he came out and I know his first song was Hurricane. It wasn't hot on that one. When when it rains, it pours and that 
EP mm-hmm. came out, man, I was all over it. I was like, this is a breath of fresh air. And that that song you mentioned, Hurricane, is probably his most formulaic pop country sounding yeah. uh, song sonically and lyrically that he's ever released. It was I like, like one it. of the first singles. It doesn't mean terrible. you're not allowed to like it, but yeah. it's not it's not it's objectively not as good as the rest of his music. It's got, you know, the program drums. There's not any program drums on this new album. It's all I can't it's tell the difference. Uh, if we you sit can. down one day off the air, Andy, I'll play you the difference and promise you, you'll be able to tell the difference. I program drums have no, I promise you, you can, or you, you can tell when it's a drum machine versus um, synthetic program yeah. in general versus yeah. an organic drum. Um, but I, I just, I'm with you, Kyle. He definitely has been the biggest probably influence in country music over the last decade. And it's been a good influence. So like why people still want to put him in with the worst defenders of country. I don't understand. Cause they're I, miserable I, I think, I think that's some of it. I think they just like to hate on things just to hate on things. There are plenty of people to criticize, but you know, if you were to lob the criticisms that Luke's music can be a little bit samey that, you know, it's a, it doesn't dive deep enough when he gets into, I think those are fair criticisms you could lob. Um, but saying that his music is awful and that he's not good or that he's not country is ridiculous. Like the awful CMT awards that just aired aside mainstream Mm. country music and radio has sounded a lot better in the last few years. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. because Tracy Lawrence has a theory that he was talking to Ernest about recently on the Tracy Lawrence, uh, Mm. Tracy Lawrence's roadhouse podcast that he was saying that every 10 years, there tends to be a shift. The country does drift but eventually country then gets pulled back and he thinks we're in one of those mm-hmm. periods that it's being pulled back. And he, he cited the eighties being uh, for the time being very pop heavy with Kenny Rogers in Alabama, which I know sounds crazy in t- to, by today's standards, but they were considered pop back then. And then by the late eighties, you, you know, George Strait started in the early eighties and he became really popular. But by the late eighties, you had Randy Travis come out. Then the class of 89 with Alan Jackson, Travis Tritt, Clint Black, you know, a year late or Garth Brooks too. a year later, you have Brooks and Dunn. Like it got pulled back into a country direction. So I think there's something to that cyclical nature of country music where they drift off with more what the artist considers experimental sounds, but really it's just, uh, uh, you know, pulling and pop influences. And then the cycle comes back to where it's more rootsy. And Luke Combs, I think, is one of, one of if not the biggest factor for the rootsier sound coming out of Nashville right now. It's wild when you say that. Alabama and uh, Kenny Rogers, but then you compare him to somebody like Keith Whitley. You're like, okay, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can see it. And at what the time, like Ronnie Millsap today. versus Randy Travis, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, by yeah. today's standards, yeah. But you talk to some old timers who oh, yeah, don't listen sure. to any music. They they used to criticize and say Alabama was way too pop. So I mean, you know, it's just wild for me to hear. It because yeah. the, well, that's because we we went through the yeah. tractor rap uh, era of yeah. country. So yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> It's just a wild thought experiment to do in your head. You want you want to hear something wild that I just learned that you can now buy stuff on Spotify. That the uh, like the box set for this album is available, and this is also available on cassette tape. I don't know the last time I've I've seen someone put something out on. You can get it on vinyl, CD, and cassette tape. I think American Aquarium was the last person us uh, or last band I saw put anything on cassette tape because they did it with their. Country's Bangers and Certified Swingers, Volume 1 and 2 uh, cover records. They put those on cassette tape, but Andy, outside of that, just being kind of novelty thing, you're right. I can't think of another yeah. artist, especially a mainstream, releasing things on cassette. I know people That's do pretty limit- cool, actually. 
Yeah, I know people mm-hmm. do limited run vinyls. Just yeah, because, vinyl's really popular. Yeah, you know, you know, because just like you said, people it's cyclical. You know, you get those generations where like every twenty, thirty, forty years, whatever it is, people get back into the same fashions and styles. You know, the younger generation is all see, about vinyls. Like, I, I love vinyl. I can see that. I, because, love I can see uh, cassette becoming a thing because of what you just said. True. True. The, By the, time the, the vinyl coming back yeah. around. Now, vinyl does sound it has a Way unique better. sound. It it does. The, the analog sound versus digital. It, yep. It's a lot. It's gonna sound weird to say. It has a warmth to it. It does. It does. Um, and the crackle and the pop when you drop yeah, the needle in the groove. Yeah, it's almost it. like it's it's slightly imperfect. Where yeah, you know, that's di- a good digi- way of putting it. It's the warmth of the analog. It's not so yeah. digitized. Yeah, you know, digital is you know perfect down to the the one and zero in the in the byte of data analog's not that even though it's the same thing but yeah it it does sound completely different which is why on paper andy should love vinyl because andy you've been somebody there over the years like when somebody's vocals or somebody in a band that isn't perfect you've tended to like those things like you always used to wasn't it you that i think back in the college was talking about thinking about kurt cobain <laughs> he would mess stuff up all the time <laughs> maybe that sounds about right I think it I was the like era that, you started reading and you were reading autobiographies and biographies. Did Kurt Cobain write an autobiography? No, he it oh, a biography yeah. written on oh, Okay. He has notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can buy that. No, I'm not interested in Weird that. Guy. Weird he, guy. Yeah, he certainly was that, but he was he was a generational talent. He I mean, they they were the band from that Seattle area and the grunge that really yep. changed you know, rock music from the hair metal of the of the late eighties and they changed like the culture of a generation. Early nineties. They did. They did. Way more dark, like kind of like fl- lots of flannel. <laughs> yeah. I mean they changed, like you said, from hair metal to Angsty. grunge to, to what ultimately became new metal and rap rock and they yeah. were they were a bridge. They, well they were they were the grunge. Um the the post grunge I liked the when we get into the new metal and rap rock. That's where you guys kind of lose me sometimes. But sure, yeah. That's you can draw a linear yeah. line from them to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, all right, yeah. let's shift gears back to Luke Combs. Uh, as we said, he released his uh, new album, 18 Tracks, called Growing Old. It's the second half of um, the double album that he had released. We didn't talk about the last one on the air because it, it was nothing offensive, nothing spectacular. There were some good songs, but it, it just was a record that was a Luke Combs record that was fine. So it really wasn't worth us talking about on a whole episode. Did not also no, double Did not this is a double album. Yeah, it was called Growing Up. <laughs> yeah, well, I had listened to it. I just didn't know they were even remotely connected. I mean, I get it now yeah. based off the first oh, song. Okay. Well, if you, you look at the it. album covers, the album covers are the same, yeah. just different sides of his face. Yeah, it makes total sense now. Yeah. Glad you said that, but I, didn't, I never even remotely thought of that. But growing old, I listened to it when it came out, and uh, I came away with a different opinion than I have on. on and I've liked, I've, I consider myself a Luke fan. I've seen him in concert, puts on a good show. But I think this is Luke Combs' best album um, that he's ever released. He's got more mature themes on this. You know, he's got Paul uh, Paul Franklin on Steel. Charlie, you talk about warmth, Kyle. Like Charlie Worsham has played some um, uh, some of the parts on. Uh, on this record that added kind of an acoustic warmth to this record. Um, it, it was very organic. I mean, definitely it was a safe record. Like the edges were shaved off, but it's Luke Combs. He's the most 
one of the arguably the most popular artist in the genre, but it's still undeniably a country album. Um, I appreciate the mature themes coming mm-hmm. from him on this being a guy who's, you know, married a couple years ago. He's a new father. He's in his uh, early to mid thirties and he's singing songs that are age appropriate. How many times over the last 15 years have we seen dudes in their forties and fifties singing about tailgates and trying to hook up with girls and D- Daisy Dukes on a back road? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like Walker Hayes, names, every song, Luke Bryan, Luke Bryan and the Applebee's guy. <laughs> Walker Hayes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Walker Hayes. So when you get an artist that's singing age appropriate music, that his music is growing up with him. I have an appreciation for that. Um, mm-hmm. It, Luke is just a relatable guy. He he is the he's, not he's the everyman. He, he doesn't yeah. have the Parker face and physique. Exactly. He, and, he's the um, everyman. Yeah, he's he's an average Joe that can sing his ass off. Exactly. And you know, I, I always have kind of compared him. Um, Andy, you might get this reference, but those of you that are old school pro wrestling fans, he's basically the Dusty Rhodes of mainstream country. Um, there's something relatable about him that everybody can kind of see themselves in him a little bit. And he doesn't have like this cocky, like kind of a hole, uh, personality. He He's just like, you know, he's happy to be there, happy to be successful. And he even kind of references that on one of the songs on here, five leaf clover, you know, a man who would have been fine with three woke up with a five leaf cl- uh, clover. But they, I was, let's get into some of the standout tracks. Um, Andy, I'll go to you first. Like what were some of the ones that really stuck out to you and, your overall thoughts on the record? Uh, overall thoughts, this is my first Luke Combs. This is by far, this is probably, I would say, roughly nine times the amount of Luke Combs I've ever listened to in my life. So uh, I don't have much to compare it to. Um, I do see where you said of the uh, internet crowds. I either like it, my objections with any of it is either I either like the song or I think it's boring. Right. And that's basically it's either, it's either, or, um, I, I did like growing up and getting old. We covered that on, a when it came out on a song roundup. So that one piqued my interest to actually listen to it. Um, I like that one. I like back 40. Um, the beer, the band and the bar stool, I think is, is, fairly solid on um in a writing perspective uh i like the story of see me now i just i like stories like that um this i don't i obviously haven't listened to much luke combs but my song will never die he sounds a ton like blake shelton to me in the chorus of that song that song's interesting because he that was one of the ones he didn't have a co-writing credit on eric church has a co-writing credit on that and they've kind of luke Combs sanitized it a little bit with his delivery and the production but i can that song is it kind of feels it's a little bit of the cockiness that we don't really hear from luke combs and his personality and his music in that (laughs) that if you guys next time you go back and listen to that listen to it and think about eric church singing it but with more bravado because after I found out he was a writer, I was like, I can definitely hear Eric Church, you know, singing this it's song like, about his legacy. To me, for some reason, when that chorus starts, he sounds identical to Blake Shelton to me. Uh, Where Are the Wild Things Are is probably actually my favorite song on the album. Same. I don't. Same. I 
that one was I actually but I didn't see anybody going with me on that one. I didn't see that coming. Uh I thought the cover of Fast Car was very well. That that it's very similar to the original, but still but somewhat distinct. Let's hold off on Fast Car because I know that you and Kyle have dissenting opinions on that. So I want to hold that for a topic towards the end. But um let's dive into where the wild things are since you said that, Andy, because I'm with you. That's my favorite song on the record too. It surprised me. When I, um, because when I heard it, I saw the title. I was like, "That's interesting." I don't know what it's about. I listened to it. There's kind of like this, you know. I I love the imagery that he paints there, just at the very beginning, talking about, you know, his brother drives an Indian scout. It's black like his jacket. Has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Um, you know, it. Then talking about like when he drove west to go find, you know, whatever he's looking for, breaking his mama's heart. I think this is a very, very well-written song. There's a wistfulness to it. Um, it's just like that. That It's a something from a previous era of America where people thought of California as the land of opportunity, and people used to go out west to, you know, chase big dreams. Not so much how it currently is, but it's it's very Americana. And I, I very much appreciate I think that's a very well-written song, and I love it. It's a it very... Yeah, it's a very long story as well. That is the parts that you need to hear there. It's not overly long in the writing because it is, you know, obviously it's a very long story from a narrative perspective, but it's done condensed into a song form extremely well. And like I said, I love the way it sounds. The sound to me, it fits the song very well is on top of that. It does. And I, I want to get your take on this, Andy, because. I think the only thing that held me back from saying like, you know, full on, you know, two thumbs up from this song was I, I loved the way the first verse was written. I love the second verse about his brother calling him every couple of weeks and he goes out to visit him. He spends the summer with his brother, but he then he knows he has to go back east, go back home because this isn't cut out for him. But his brother, you know, has that kind of like, you know, rebel mentality. But I really do think where the song kind of could have been, where it would have taken it to another level was I think that if they had not slowed down, but softened the vocal and the production for the last part of the song where it talks about his brother's impending death hitting uh, guardrail at 3 a.m. I think if you had handled that a little bit more somberly instead of just being so like bombastically, I think that would have carried more of an emotional punch. But that's I'm nitpicking with that. But I want kind of want to get your thoughts on that because that's my only like real criticism of the song. I would, I would generally agree with that, but I not really on on this one. I mean, generally, I would agree with you, but to me, not not really. It's not the song is still. I would maybe I don't know if it was maybe a more in depth or more. I don't know how to say it without this sounding bad, like sophisticated storytelling. It's it's simple storytelling. I, I just, I didn't see where it really needed that in, in that. Well, see, I, I get your point. I think the thing is like country music is simple storytelling, but I just, I, I think it would just would have carried more emotional punch if that part would have been handled differently. But I get your point. It fits the song. It doesn't make the song bad. It's not a, like a, it's not a big red mark on, on the song by any means. But, so I, I, I saw that coming. I, I yeah, saw that yeah, coming 100%. from the beginning. But the uh, I guess for another example, uh, what's the name of the song? Uh, Take You With Me. I thought that the, like, it, the dad was going to die at the end, and that was going to be the, like, the flip of that song. That didn't come, but I saw this coming from like almost the very beginning. So it didn't yeah. really 
if, if you if it, I, I would say yes if it was more of a surprise you know twist to the story but this was big as a billboard yeah it was kind of laid out there uh so kyle what were your thoughts on the record and some of your standouts uh so i would like to comment on where the wild things are um yeah. the the first thing i'm not that high on it as you guys are. I knew you were going to say that. I kind of had a feeling Kyle was not going to like that one. One, um, <laughs> said, I, I have hate, an opinion. I hate, we, we've the, been, I hate the title. We've been doing this show for so long together that I kind of knew that you were not going to like that. I hate this title. Don't title. name it after a children's book. It sounds like it should be on the soundtrack to this movie. There's a children's That's book a, named that? Yeah, yeah. You've never read Where the Wild Things Are? No, Sorry, I've but read I Where the Red Fox oh, Grows. It's a it's a world famous book. Never heard of it. Oh, okay. Not, anyway, not in our right. world. That's the side point. That's not my main. Andy, it must have been a public school thing. That's right. Yeah. Actually, my mom, my mom used to read it to me when I was a little kid. Um, but that's not my main beef with the song. My main beef with the song is I actually agree with you, Logan. If this would have Luke, Luke, oh, um, you know, Luke, like we know each other on a first name basis. Uh, <laughs> he he kind of has this issue where like. Most of his songs get in this like belty, ultra, <clears throat> in you know, emphatic singing that he does, and it didn't really work with the end of the song. You're not like singing, you know, a hymnal at a eulogy. Most, you know, most times, you know, you you step back and you, you know, you, it, it's it's a sad event. You're not belting it to the rooftops like you know. You, that was kind of it. It didn't flow right to me. Um, his, you know, his brother died in the song. You know, you're not like belting that like you would. You know, beer never broke my heart. Yeah, my, it, it, it kind of lacked the emotional it, punch. Yeah, it just it didn't have it. So that's my take on where the wild things are. Um, one, I hate the name of the song. Um, sorry if no one else gets the reference though. <clears throat> the children's book. Um, that might just be a me thing. I could be. <laughs> um, and since you said my song will never die is an Eric right, Eric Church uh, co-write, completely changes my opinion of that song. I actually had that in my eh category, but just because you have now introduced me to that um, information, I can't. I can't unsee it, if if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the my favorite two songs on the whole record are back to back. It's still in see me now. I love those two things. Love those two songs. They're fantastic. Um, I'm not entirely sure if see me now is written towards a grandfather or a father, but it's certainly a major male role model in his life. I thought I had that same question either way. See, I thought it could go either way. That's yeah. yeah, You're, you're both right. Like I, I I didn't know for sure, but my, my first thought was like granddad. Right. But you know, fantastic. Very nineties country sound. Very nineties country. You know, got the fishing record, got all these. Oh, my favorite line about, uh, how if we were sitting there talking about um, <laughs> we'd be trashing poli- trashing the price of gas and politicians. That's right. Love yeah. that, I love that line. Yep. And one other thing um, on where the wild things are, Andy, uh, Logan, you butchered. It has the American spirit hanging out of his mouth. Smoking is cool. <laughs> That's just, I mean, Luke knows smoking is cool. 
I'm sure I didn't like you saying that. <laughs> that's my favorite part of the song. Not, not even lying. I love that I, one line. That actually is a, a fairly good point because American Spirits really fits the vibe. He's riding yeah. a motorcycle. Bro, he's, I mean, you know, he's a single dude. Just, yeah, that guy is smoking Marlboro. Indian Indian Scouts and American Spirits. It's very old school Americana kind of feel. To yes, it. it's 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 fantastic. And then also California was a place of opportunity. So yeah, and you know he knew it was and, not modern times. And you know he's just speeding like hell. Probably. Yeah. The song has great well, imagery. I just hate that's how he, the title. That's how he died, Kyle. I know, but it has great imagery. I just hate the title. It's a me problem once again. Most of the problems on this podcast are me problems. I fully own that. I mean, I would there's, not. There's, there's nothing wrong with your take. This that was. I, I get it. Yeah, but I love "See Me Now." That's my favorite song on the whole album. That one's up there for me as well. Yeah, that one's up there for me. Obviously, we, Andy, you mentioned we talked about growing up and getting old. We've talked about where the wild things are. Both of those I really like. Growing up and getting old is very relatable um, just because of the age we're at, like approaching our 30s and everything. Talking I mean, about you're in between that. Growing up and getting old. Yeah, like you're mm-hmm. in that middle part of life. You're, you're not like super you young same, growing up, but you're also not like old yet. So, I mean, I that's a very something about song. those hangovers hit different or something like that. I think that's what he says in that song, right? I think, yeah, I think that's a lyric in there. Yeah, um, I skipped it because we had already covered it, but. Yeah. Uh, See Me Now, I'm with you. That one, uh, like, very 90s sound. I loved that one. And then, while it's not my favorite song on the record, I think the best song on the album is Joe. And the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because he was talking about this song a while back, and he said it's, you know, this is a song about sobriety in a mainstream country world that's just full of, like, alcohol references. Um, is it outlines like it tells a story once again that one of the better tracks he like he has a story to it it's not so listy it's it's outlined in a regular joe's battle pun definitely intended um to like you know stay on the straight and narrow stay dry and be a responsible citizen after a few wrong turns um it, you know he's is doing nothing crazy he's working at a gas station got some uh, i like the part in the chorus where he's like got some good friends kind of say hey brother man how you been like it's it, it's a very good song that is different from what you typically hear in mainstream country and so I think that that one maybe is up there. It was one of the, even though it's not my favorite on the record, it's one of the best on the album. I think it's just too boring. It's too bland. Mm. So I agree with you, Logan. I think this song loses a lot of its oomph if it wasn't released as a single. Because I listened to it when it dropped as a single. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm down. This is just buried somewhere on the album. I probably just a couple, one or two listens and I'm, I'm through. Yeah. I think just because I think it was done strategically for, um, one of those single drops they did. I think he had five or six. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. Yeah. It hit a lot harder being a single versus just some random track on an album. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I think that it, it this is a song because it's not so bombastic. It's not so it still has the very middle of the road, safe production mm-hmm. approach that is country, but it's not like doesn't stick out to you. So on the track list to, to where Andy Andy's criticism, of Luke Combs always has been I've, I've always said it's been fair where, you know, you where he says it's not that anything he puts out is bad. It's just the things he doesn't like is boring to him. And I, I totally see that and get that. Um, I think this was one where if you're not 
listening intently to the lyrics, you're just hearing another mid-tempo, you know, country but mainstream sanitized produced song. So I think, you know, both of your points are good about that for sure. Um, The song's very monotone. I think it's done that way for a reason. Yeah. And I I do think Love You Anyway, while I like the idea of it, is very boring. I think it's very boring, very bland. I love the idea of the song, but I just don't think that it landed the way that it probably could have. Five Leaf Clover, a little cheesy, but it reminds me of like 90s cheese. And I I kind of like the self-awareness of his, you know, him just being like, wake (laughs) up, kind of just being like, oh, (laughs) this is my life kind of thing. Um, Yeah. I legit thought for for a minute you were talking about aged cheese. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I would have been perfectly content if the song was just named Four Leaf Clover. Five Leaf is just... uh, Yeah, but I I think it works better. Yes, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm just like, uh... Okay, we know it. I think it works better because Five Leaf Clover doesn't exist. He's talking about how lucky he's been. He would have been fine with three, but he woke up with a Five Leaf Clover. Would have been fine with weeds. (laughs) (laughs) The Tattoo on a Sunburn is... Shit. A song that that I, I like, but I like because I like nostalgic songs that are, you know, beach kind of themed. But it doesn't really hit home with the nostalgia that other songs in country music over the years have with the that are similar to this. Um, I like it because it's just a personal type of uh, theme that that I'm attracted to. But overall, it's one of the weaker tracks on the album. You know, I thought it was the uh, the song failed for the theme it was going for the the yeah. the story of it just really wasn't that great. No, no, and see, I while that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm in 100 agreeing with both of you. Like, I personally like it because I'm very much a sucker for these types of songs, but it didn't land. You know what I mean? I typically do like is what I'm a, I'm not as probably as big of a sucker for it as you are, but I do like it. And I was I was like, this is something I'm probably gonna like based off the title and new. Yeah, like I've been a sucker for these types of songs since I was a kid and I heard anything but mine by Kenny Chesney. Still to this day, love that song to death. But um, then Fox in the Hen House, you know, <laughs> it's kind of real up tempo. I think the song is a um, is not being literal. I think the song is is being an analogy for trying to keep your wildest, your wildest um, like side of you and like the bad parts of you at bay. And but you're trying to get rid of it, but it's hard to because it stays there in the shadows like a fox in the hen house. I don't think he's literally singing about trying to get the fox out of his hen house. I was curious what you guys thought. I've heard it several times. At this point of the album, I'm ready for it to be over. After five out of six songs before it not being all that great, I'm just ready for it to be over. But it's also getting to the point where it's long and 18 songs, you know, Uh, you do. Okay. That was going to be the, because before we get to the big fast car debate to close it out, I was going to ask you two on this one because I really liked the part. I think it's very, it's a very almost probably true to life song to him about, you don't, it's, it's the softer Luke Combs version of Morgan Wallen's uh, song. What was it called? Andy Kyle, do you remember from dangerous? Um, live in the dream, live in the dream. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the more Luke Combs esque style version of that kind of song, just without the the bad parts of life. He's just in terms of like getting in trouble. It's more him just saying like, "Look, I love my life. I love what I do, but these are the things that you miss out on that nobody tells you about." It mm. it's kind of like a it's it's a not as good version of a showman's life. Yeah, 
I don't, I thought I don't this hate was, this song. Um, it's just already been done before. No, it's been done a thousand times. And it's been done by it's been done better. Let me let me put a let me put a disclaimer. I don't I don't want to call them competitor. Um cohort. Well, let me put a disclaimer uh so you don't think that because I'm not trashing your take on that. I just always find it hilarious when you guys say it's been done before and you're doing your own a podcast that you host about country music. That will always oh, yeah, and forever is- crack me up. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could never, I can never remember who did the quote. It was like something like cheating is seeing how, how much you can steal and get away with it. I wish I could remember Tom Petty's Tom Petty about, about being creative. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it's a hundred percent true. I'm not faulting him. It's just, it's just what I thought about. Oh my God. Hold on. Shit. I don't know what's going on at Kyle's house, but something just went off and it sounded like a happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Sound like a kid's toy. Yeah, it sounded like kids toy going happy birthday. You're on mute, Kyle. To you. <laughs> I have this ECU clock that somebody gave me like 10 years ago. And I've never figured out how to turn the alarm off. And like once a year, it'll just randomly go off. And today's the day. Might yeah, today's. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just random as hell. I never set the alarm. It's just. Completely 100% random. It's baffled me, but. Eh. All right, let's talk into, let's jump into the final debate here. Tracy Chapman's fast car. Luke Combs, give the backstory on why this is on the record for those that don't know Luke's history. Luke was a, He's got a very, very, no, he got very, very big on Vine back in the day. Like when he first started, he was very okay. big on Vine. And this was one of that. the, one of his more popular covers he did when he was really young was Tracy Chapman's fast car. Everybody that used to follow him on Vine and have been fans to this day have always wanted him to release this officially. So that's why Tracy Chapman's fast car is included on this record because it's kind of like a a nod to something that helped him get his start. Now, I like it get, even more. Let's get <laughs> to the let's get to the song itself. Uh to to paraphrase Kevin Malone, we have Kyle in this corner, and he's mad. And then we have Andy in this corner, and he's mad. <laughs> they, they had a little back and forth about this in the Country and Cold Cans group chat uh, regarding their thoughts on fast cars. So now I'm going to cede the floor to uh, Kyle to make his opening case because if anybody's been listening up to this point, they know where Andy is. Andy, you're going to get your rebuttal. But Kyle, tell us your thoughts on the cover Fast Car by Luke Holmes. <laughs> you're going to be, I think you're going to be slightly salty because. I didn't like the original. Jesus Christ! I don't like the I don't like the cover, and unfortunately, all covers, in my opinion, suffer from the "Who did you hear it from first? I heard uh, <clears throat> Chris um, and Willie Nelson's cover of "Rose in Paradise" before I ever heard Waylon's. I like that version better. I heard Nine, um, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Johnny Cash's version of Nine Inch Nails hurt before I heard Nine Inch Nails. I like Johnny Cash's better. Granted, Johnny Cash did that way better than Nine Inch Nails did. They think the same thing. Yes. Um, I that This is one of the problems I have. It's a me problem. Whoever I, I mean, look, 
Eric Church's cover of Chevy Van. That was a cover of Waylon Jennings, who covered it from somebody in the 60s. Waylon covered it. And you still haven't proven that to me yet. You say that every podcast, and I've never been sent the song. Oh, my God. All right, I had to find it. I heard Eric Church's version first. The favorite one I have. It's just, if I don't know it's a cover the first time I listen to it, the person I listen to it first, I like better. Never going to change. I just can't change it. Two, I don't really like the song in general. It is a millennial nostalgia song that's grossly overplayed. It's in untold amounts of movies. I'm like, uh, all right, whatever. Unpopular take. Go ahead and crucify me. I'm here. No, I, that I can explain that. You're you're very much about the primacy effect rather than the uh, recency effect. Whatever you hear first, you tend to latch onto. Sure, that was, yeah, a, that was a that was a theory in one of my college classes that you know it explains. You you said it right there. It's not a matter of being a cover. It's a matter of where you heard it first. Yes. Yeah. And I, and even though Tracy Chapman was the original <clears throat> singer of the song, I didn't really like it when I first time heard it 20 years ago, whenever it came out. I was like, eh, all right, whatever. It's a very millennial song, and I hate our generation. <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest. Well, Fast Car came out in 1988. Really? It's that old? Yes. Okay, all right. I just remember seeing <laughs> a bunch of 90s movies. Yeah, because that makes sense. If it came out in 88, a bunch of 90s movies. Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, we've got the dissenting opinion now, Andy. I know you like it, so what's your rebuttal to Kyle's take on that? Uh, uh, well, I'll start with uh, <laughs> the... Um, I thought he did a good job with it because it's still very much like the original, but still, you know somewhat distinct on its own while he didn't change much but i'm more shocked kyle thinks it's a bad song that's more shocking that is a fantastic song the storytelling of that song is amazing and i don't understand i don't understand i think that might just be my contradictory nature i 100 percent Kyle is 100%, and we shouldn't, he should be Kyle the contrarian because that is 100% <laughs> yeah. his nature. Yeah, I just, I just love to disagree. The way that song ends, bringing it from the very beginning to the end, full <laughs> circle, mm-hmm. but flipped is fantastic. The story is fantastic. It's really sad, great. That's an all time song. No, yeah, I love the song too. And I tend to, while I understand Kyle's point with the, like him, whatever he hears first, he likes better. I, I, I'm kind of like that too. So I'm sympathetic to that. Andy, I'm with you on this particular issue on this because I really like the original. I, I, I remember seeing the, the videos of the vines of him singing it when he was young. So, like I said, I, I knew the context of it and I think he did a really good job with it. He didn't, there are two ways to do a cover. Stick to the script, do it like the original, or completely change it, uh, a la Chris Stapleton with Tennessee Whiskey, and make it your own. He kind of did the the uh, the the former rather than the latter, and he stuck to the script. I think he, but he did it justice, and he did it well. And just the story behind it of of you know what the song, I guess, kind of in some ways means to his career. Uh, I, so I like what- the inclusion of it. Would Fast Car been the song that made Caleb Presley want to give him money? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. 
Although also definitely should, if you guys haven't look at the video that Luke Holmes did to promote his new record with Caleb Presley and uh, Theo Vaughn, it was a little comedy sketch. Hilarious. Top tier. Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, but all right, well, let's close it out with, uh, as we always do with our reviews, let's, what's our, each of your top three started three, go to one from getting old by Luke Combs. Kyle kick things off. Number three. Growing up, getting old. Do you want me to do all the way to one? Yeah. Okay. Growing up, getting old, uh, still and see me now. Andy. Oh, do, 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 do. Back 40, see me now where the wild <laughs> things are. So for me, it's um, growing up and getting old, see me now, and where the wild things are. Um, I think those are definitely probably my three favorite from the album. Still but. can't believe neither one of you have ever read Where the Wild Things Are. They made a movie about the children's book, Where the Wild Things Are. I can't believe it. I, I still, I th- are you confusing it with Where the Red Fern Grows? No, there's a movie or Where the Wild the Things wild. Are. Gosh, I'm gonna send you the mute. I sent you the trailer for the Will and Jennings thing. Um, where he covered it. I'm now gonna send you where the wild things are. Okay, I can confirm Kyle. Kyle's correct that Waylon did cover the Sammy John song. Yes, I've yeah, I never heard the Sammy John, Sammy John's version until you know we start talking about it. I'd always heard Waylon and I heard Eric. So see, I'd heard Eric and then I discovered Sammy John's by like just Googling it many years ago, but Kyle is correct. I want to put that on the air on the record. Thank Kyle you. did. This he book, showed the, he the book is real the too. Thank you. Okay. Here's I the movie. Seen, I've seen this book before. 2009. Here's the movie. I'm going to send it to you. I unfortunately saw this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is creepy as hell, but a fantastic book. Yeah. This looks like a horror movie. Yeah. Are you looking at the, is this, it's kind of scary for a, a child. Yeah, this is like children's movie. Oh, the movie's horrendous because it's live action. It's 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 disturbing as hell. The book is fantastic, though. Well, it's a picture book, so yeah, that is kind of kind of a scary. Good gosh, the where the wild things are a goodbye scene. I just see the thumbnail and I'm like, what? In the, what am I looking at? <laughs> yeah, the movie's atrocious. <laughs> Hey, by the way, the book's great. I think this might be, as we're about to close out, this might be the, the first episode we've ever done where we don't have to put the explicit tag on it. I don't think there were any curse words said. Do we not discuss the... Never mind. I say so, hey, look at us. We're growing yeah. up and getting old. Uh, so for the... And, hey, that kind of fits a Luke Combs thing, right? Yeah, we shaved off the hard edges and had a safe episode. So there we go. Um, so be sure to give us five stars and great review mm-hmm. on Spotify, Apple podcast, Amazon, and Stitcher. Click subscribe. Uh, the vast majority of people that actually listen to this podcast by the analytics are not subscribed. So we ask you to please click the button, hit the alert yeah. bell if you want, but definitely yeah, hit the it. subscribe button. Um, check out the website country and for blog content and shop. And then, you know, while you're at it, the description of this podcast, like we said, has a link that says click here to leave us a voicemail to <coughs> tell us your thoughts on Luke Combs. Uh, why does he get the hate? Tell us if you hate him. Let us know why. And hmm. also, let us know your thoughts on this record. What are your favorite songs? One you, ones you like, ones you don't like, what have you. Do it there. Click here to leave us a voicemail in the description of this podcast. Coldcans.com slash speakpipe. All right, for this episode of Country and Cold Cans, I'm Logan sitting here with Trucker Andy and Kyle. We'll see Take you next care, time. Guys. Take care.